You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Nick Francis, and he's the co-founder of Casual Films, which is a video production agency that has helped create over 10,000 videos for his clients, which include Facebook, Google, Red Bull, Chanel, Samsung, and the list goes on and on. He is also an author of a book that we're going to talk about a little bit today. It's called The New Fire, and he's a podcast host, and I think the podcast is called, what, The Better Video Podcast? Is that what it's called, Nick? That's right, Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, listen, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. We had a great pre-conversation. We've got something really teed up for you guys that I think you're really going to love. We're going to talk about some tips and strategies on how to create highly engaging videos that your audience loves. And so Nick is obviously an expert at this. And so he wrote a book. He's got tons of experience. But before we dive into all that, give us a little bit of a backstory. I know you relocated from the UK to San Francisco. Give us a little backstory. Tell us how you got here, and then we'll dive right in. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Dennis. It's really great to be here. Um, yeah, we had a great pre-chat. So yeah, really looking forward to it. So yeah, I founded Casual Films with a friend of mine from university back in 2006. We, were, we had a big plan to go and do this thing called the Mongol Rally, which is a rally for old cars, you know, not very good cars from London to Mongolia. And I was working at the BBC at the time. I didn't just want to go and take a three-month holiday. So we wrote a proposal to go and make a series of films about it. And long story short, Expedia, the travel website, said, hey, we love the idea of doing video content for our site, even though we didn't really think of it that way. People didn't really think of the internet as a medium for video back then. And yeah, we made 15 films of our journey and edited them you know, on my lap for, in, a, in this old mini, like it's an old Italian job mini, broke down loads, had an amazing adventure and came back and realized that the internet had opened up this huge medium for video. What year was that? This was 2006. Okay. So, so YouTube was founded in 2005. And I, when we were sort of trying to set the company up, I spoke to like a brand manager at a big like global uh, FMCG company. And I said, look, you know, you guys should have videos on, your, you know, on all of your product sites. And he looked at me and said, what are you talking about? Why would we want video on our website? So, you know, that was kind of where the world is weird. Like, you know, that was kind of where the world was at. But it just seemed like video was the best way to communicate online. And, you know, broadband wasn't quite there. And, you know, the camera tech was kind of just getting there. But we thought, well, you know, let's see where we can go to with this. And we set the company up. We made a series of films. We were lucky enough to win a few awards, which really helped us to differentiate ourselves. And then when we decided to come to the States and set up here, Having a very clear offering and, you know, some of these awards that we've won really helped us to, to grow here. So we're now, yeah, London, New York, LA and San Francisco and we work all over the world. We've worked in 45 countries around the world, had our work translated into 35 different languages. So wow. it's been a hell of an adventure. 
I'll bet. Well, you've done 10,000 videos and you have some really great clients. So help the audience to understand a little bit of scale of the size of the business, whether that Mm. be employees, whether that be customers, whether that be revenue or percentage growth. I mean, is it seven figures, eight figures, six figures? What does it look like? Can you help fill in the blanks there a little bit? Sure, sure. So we are seven figures, pushing eight. We we have 50 people around the world. We have been larger, but we actually have taken Mm -hmm. made a decision to to make it smaller, I think the thing that makes us special is the the quality of of the people that we're able to employ. That in itself is a challenge because it, it means that you know it's hard to find really really great people, and we don't we try not to relax the standards. But you know, ultimately, we're a services business, and we live or die on the relationships that we have with our clients. Yeah. So yeah, we have this team structure. So in each of our locations, we have teams of between five and, and nine people led by an executive producer and they would then work with a client understand each of their clients problems and that we find just really condenses the accountability and the quality and and the speed and the cost effectiveness of, of each of our individual teams all right cool um, couple of questions before we dive into the main content here one of the sure. questions is you know if you could pick any business superpower right any something that you maybe admire somebody else has. Obviously, you're very creative and you have an eye for video and there's some, probably have a bunch of other skills. But if there was something you don't have, a business superpower that you'd love to have, what would it be if you could pick one? Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting question. So I've, I've got two small kids. So the ability to live without sleep would be a really good one. That would be amazing. It would be good. It would be really you good. You have what, a seven-month-old, right? And a three-year-old and a seven-month-old? Yeah. Seven-month-old. Both old girls. Is, yeah. And seven-month-olds decided that 4 a.m. is like the best time to wake up. And it's really, really not. Um, well, most people wouldn't think about that as a business superpower, but it is. If you could operate at a very high level with no sleep, that would be amazing. Amazing. I mean, I'd literally, you know, put the kids to bed and have a glass of wine and go and sit down and do some work. Yeah, then, go work for 10 hours. Yeah, go work for 10 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how much you could get done when it's quiet at 10 oh or 11 gosh. or 12 o'clock at Amazing, night. <laughs> amazing. You know, go, go I love that one. That's, a, that's the first time we've uh, heard that one, so I yeah. love that. All right, and here's another question for you. You're working with a lot of really high-end brands, and I'm sure you've worked with a whole range of companies from small to medium to large. But based upon what you're doing, my gut tells me that you know, you're working with some larger brands typically, mm-hmm. right? So what's the number one strategy that you've used to get those clients? I mean, mm. you know, I'm always curious what's driving your business from a customer acquisition standpoint. Yeah. I mean, is it a lot of pressing the flesh? Is it a lot of referrals? Is it, are you doing online marketing? Is it paid ads? I mean, help me to understand. I mean, and I know there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that, right? I'm sure that they don't all come from the exact same strategy, yeah. strategy yeah, and channel. Yeah. But if you had to pick one, what's been the one that's had the biggest uh, impact on your business? I mean, referrals, hands down. Referrals. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in a way, that's kind of that's a byproduct of, of our real focus on trying to work with, employ the very best people. Right. I'd say the best strategy that we've come across is, we call it, it's our weekly power hour. And, you know, all of our, we call them executive producers, they're effectively like account directors. But, you know, everyone in the business always ha- will have leads that are like, oh, I really need to, you know, I met that guy or that girl, that woman at, at this event. I really should follow up with them. Um, but they never quite find the time. And so once a week, we all get together and we have what we call a power hour. And every and that is you leave all your other work behind, but that's your opportunity to follow up on all the leads, all the conversations. Oh, you really should get back to that person. I haven't spoken to them for a while. And that is like, it's a very targeted time. And you know what? In half an hour, an hour, once a week, you can do, you can kind of, you can get all of that stuff off your desk. And then you can spend the rest of the week being like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing right now. 
So I'd say like that has been really valuable to give people the opportunity to follow up on the different leads that they may have may have become encountered over the previous week or so. Yeah, I love it because what it's doing is is it's, it's scheduling it, right? It's a dedicated time. It's not just, yeah. hey, follow up on those prospects from the events you went to or the referrals. It's a dedicated time. Yeah. And you guys are doing it almost as a group, right? Where you're doing mm-hmm. it simultaneously yeah. and and you know, so yeah. then what comes out of that, you can have those conversations and, you know, kind of get excited about the byproduct of those types of, that type of activity. Um, You know, we're recording it, you know, we record the number of leads that we get, we, you know, the number of approaches that people make each week. If anyone finishes, then we then start looking at like freelancers around the world, because obviously, you know, while we try to keep as much of our work within our internal team as possible, we're always looking, you know, we work globally. So it's always useful to have, you know, people who can make films for us in, Melbourne or Singapore or whoever. And so it's then just looking at like, you know, are we cultivating that side of the business as well? Yeah. Love Um, it. Perfect. All right. So listen, let's dive in. You've got a lot to unpack and obviously we're not going to be able to talk about everything in the book, but we're going to touch on some tips. And then obviously you have a whole bunch of information in the book. I would highly recommend. Obviously the book is called The New Fire, Harness the Power of Video for Your Business, right? Mm. And so you guys can check that out wherever at Amazon or, you know, I'm sure there'll be a link in the show notes somewhere. Yep. But between now and then, why don't you talk about the story behind how YouTube, just so you guys know, Nick and his team, they're, you know, casual films, the videos they've created have gotten so much engagement on YouTube for their clients that YouTube reached out to them and asked them how they were doing it, right? So that's the kind of the impetus of this topic. And so I want to help unpack that. He's going to talk about how, do, how they create these highly engaging videos. So I'm going to shut up and let him take it away. Sure. Okay. So that little story, I guess. We were working with a with large insurance company and they do car insurance. And one of their sort of insights was that by providing car insurance, they allow family life to happen. So a lot of family life is lived in the car. You know, I'm sure people, you know, everyone, that would kind of you know, make sense to people. And it's quite, a, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice idea that they can kind of align themselves with those kind of warm feelings. Anyway, we were working as their below the line agency. So we were delivering their, for their social channels. And they had an above the line, big, glossy ad agency. Not that we're not glossy, but you know what I mean? Big kind of global ad agency. They spent a couple of million dollars on a big commercial. They shot it with cinema quality cameras and massive crews and actors and all the rest of it. And it was like, this is family life. And it was horrible, horrible, because it just, it feels so inauthentic. It's something that was such a kind of, you know, potentially war, you know, it's something which should resonate with everyone, that family life, you know, hopefully everyone. But, you know, as soon as you put a crew in there and you've got, and it, it just felt so staid. And to the extent that it was, a, a, you know, a bit of a turkey, I think it was one of the turkeys of the week. It got pulled after a week, having spent millions on it. And they then came to us and said, look, this is, this is the idea. How do we make this happen? And we said, well, the family has to be real. It has to be real. So we got three different families. We put them in a car. We set up some GoPros. So they were on like a sort of fixed rig within the car. The only, our only presence within there was, was these microphones and the cameras. And then the, uh, the driver would have a uh, uh, earpiece so that they could hear from the director in the, who's driving along in the car behind. And they would feed them stories. So they'd say, well, okay, talk about the time you went on safari. Talk about the time you brought little Timmy home. Talk about this. And then, you know, a toddler and a baby and a mom and dad would just have a chat. And it was kind of, you know, kids say the, the, the funniest things. But it was just so warm and cute. And because they were 40 seconds long, 30 seconds long, they just like worked so well for social. And they were shared 
millions and millions of times because you know you're sitting having a coffee you know having a little flick through facebook and there it is and it, it and uh, the yeah the view completion rates on on youtube were so high that they they contacted us because they were like how are you getting this amazing engagement with these videos and it's just like we just because we just stripped everything away from what is just a really genuine experience and it's an it's an experience which should resonate for like the vast majority of the population you know it's just it's just cute as hell and you know and, and I, th- I think yes of course like we do we work with you know fortune 500 come global global brands but you know if if that isn't you that's that's fine because in a way like one of the lessons i think you can take from this is that it's important not to let too much of the kind of of the artifice and the production from getting away getting in the way of the story that you're trying to tell and um and so yeah like ultimately it's it's i think where video really excels is is in the communication of emotion and you know if you can go out and find people showing that genuine emotion and then share that in a way that is that is unfussy and you know i think sort of authentic is such an overused word but you know that, that is that's real then that will resonate with your audience so there's a few things that we, as you talked about that story right there was a few things that i kind of pulled out of this number 1 you found some real customers that were that were families right so you identified them and then you started talking to them and you probably vetted them a little bit, of course, to make sure that they were interesting, right? And that they were ideal for for what the project you were trying to do. So one of the lessons from this obviously has got to be, you know, get out there and talk to your customers and find out, you know, find out more about them, learn more about them. If you're trying to deliver this message of it's all about family and we help you, we help you you know, to, what was the message from the insurance company? What were they trying to do? That it was uh, they, all about? They, 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 they make, they, they enable family life to happen. Yeah. They enable family life to happen. Well, you got to get out there and you got to talk to them. And it sounds to me like they may have missed the mark on that a little bit. Mm. The first, the first yeah. $2 million they spent. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so why don't you take it from there? I mean, I know talking to them and then you talked about, you know, finding some stories. I mean, you, maybe you can help unpack each one of those a little bit more down into a little bit more granular elements so that. Yeah. Have some something to some takeaways. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like a really common mistake that people make with video is that they sort of they rush to pick a camera up. I think particularly now, you know, your iPhone or, or whatever smartphone shoots such amazing video. It's so easy just to go, "Hey, I'm just going to start shooting." And like, like there's a there's a lot to be said for like not overthinking it and not thinking, "Oh God, it has to be perfect." But like. That having been said, it's really important to understand what's going to resonate for your customers. And so talk to the, you know, who are your best customers? Who are the people, who are, your, who, who are the people that if you could have maybe three or four times them, you would be laughing for, for forever? And talk to them and understand, like, what is it about what you do that makes you special, that makes them want to stick with you? And then once you, you have that, so, you know, you could be, it could be that you, like, by working with you, you provide, you give them their, time, their life back, they give them their time back. Or, you know, I guess what I'm sort of working around is like, it's like, what is your, as Simon Sinek would say, what is your why? What's your purpose as a business? And if you can find that purpose and then look for stories that help you to communicate that in a really authentic, really genuine way, then, that, then you're going to create content that's going to resonate for your, for your target audience. And, you know, I think the, the, one of the challenges that we have is in, this, in the online world is that there's just so much noise. There's so much information out there that, and people ultimately just, they just bad, desperately want to feel, you know, they want to feel something. And so if you can go and find a story, like, you know, find like a, a customer of yours that you've genuinely impacted their life 
and then get them to tell that story and how it worked and, you know, and, and how it changed things for them and then share that. That's how you make stuff that's going to, that's how you share content that's really going to resonate. Yeah. So I think the two things that I'm really getting from this, well, is the two things that are just really, really, I mean, important when trying to connect with somebody, whether it's through video or whether it's face to face or over the phone. And that is the ability to connect stories to emotions, right? So, I mean, you know, there's that old adage, right? We all have a tendency when we're doing marketing, you know, it's fact, 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 right? But that old adage, facts tell and stories sell is still true today, even more important today. So I think, I think that story con, that concept of finding stories that are relevant to the stories that your customers are telling you, and then obviously driving home that emotional connection is I think if I'm, if I'm reading between the lines, and again, I'm not very good at this because I'm not a video mm-hmm. expert, but it sounds like that's where you're gluing it all together, those three, those three key elements. A hundred percent. So one of the things that I, you know, I've, I, initially I wanted to be a photojournalist and then, you know, my life took a slightly different turn and I became a journalist and then briefly, and then and now, now I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker. And I've always been interested in like how the images affect us as people. And one of the things when I was researching the book that I came across was how empathy works. And we have, for some time, scientists thought that the way that people felt empathy was that they, you know, they would see something and it it was sort of, it was evolutionary beneficial to sort of, to, to feel sorry for someone who was cold. Whereas what they found out was that actually we have mirror cells in our brain. And when you see someone who feels cold, you very direct, you feel cold too. You actually feel it, which is what, and then you want to solve the problem. So as a sort of, as a, as a hurt, as a, as a sort of group species, we look after each other because we feel each other's pain on a level. And with, with, with video or with film, there was a, a, a neuropsychoanalyst uh, in Israel called Talma Hendler, who did some work on understanding the brains of people who are watching film. And she showed people intense, she got people together and showed them intense psychological thrillers. And so one of the films that she chose was, uh, was Black Swan, and where Natalie Portman, she's training to be a, a, a ballerina and gets so, it's so intense, she basically starts to have schizophrenic episodes around it. And while, while you're watching this and you see her and she literally, the sort of apex of the film, I hope I'm not spoiling it, she starts to like turn into a swan and she's having this really intense psychological experience. What she found when she measured people's brainwaves who were watching that was they were the same as if they were actually schizophrenic. So people were watching the film having a minor schizophrenic episode. And, you know, this is starting to get a little bit academic, but what that means is when you're watching the, the, the beach scene in Saving Private Ryan, you feel like you would feel if you were on that beach or if you were watching... That's a uh, great example. The, the, the Saving Private Ryan... Because it's one of my favorite movies. I, and the reason why it's one of my favorite movies is because of that opening scene. I don't think I've ever seen any movie that depicts war, right? That's more realistic than that. That makes me cringe after even watching it maybe for the 10th time. I still have that crazy feeling of, oh my God, these were real people at one point that actually yeah. went through this. And this yeah. is like pure insanity. You know what yeah. I mean? And so yeah. that emotion, and, and that's probably what, you know, it's that opening scene that probably has made me watch it so many times. And I'll, I'll watch the whole thing. I don't watch just mm. the opening scene, but it's that emotion from that, that scene that, I, that connects yeah. with me. 
and it just, you know, it just, it sticks with you. Right. And it, then it, the overall story behind it, of course, it's an amazing film, but, but I get yeah, your I point. Mean, yeah. It's, it's incredibly powerful. And, you know, and of course, so we, we, it's very hard to do that in marketing, right? It's hard to replicate that in marketing with what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. But we're talking so, so, about so, the concept, right? Uh, yeah. So, so uh, you know, you know. So when you're watching a heartbreak movie, you feel the heartbreak. When you're watching a a movie about someone lost in the desert, you feel that you know intense isolation and the challenge that. Now, to bring that back to, <laughs> you know, someone sitting there with their iPhone about to make a movie for their video for their business, you are trying like your target audience will feel the emotions that you're able to convey in your video. So if you find, you know, the, the person who is able, because you were able to make them that much more efficient at work through your consultancy, that they then were, had a few extra hours a week that they could then spend with their dying mother. And so they were able to be there because, you know, before they started working with you, they were doing, they were working far too hard. There's no way they would have had that time, but you gave them that time back. Right. Or they can if play you, catch with their son. Or they can play catch with their son or like, you know, it, yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be the, you know, quite so safe and private run as the dying mother. But like, it's that it, you're looking for what, like, where, where are you enabling people to feel through the work that you do? And then just, rec- you know, record it and share that. And you, you will make your prospective customers go, gosh, I want to feel that way. I want my time given back to me. You know, I feel in, I'm in exactly the same boat. Yeah, and no, that, I love that, that. And that's where video really works is what, you know, that's where it, you know, done right. That's where it, it can really resonate. And of course, if you hire a, a production company or an agency or you hire some people that are really skilled at video, it, it can definitely enhance that. But it could be as simple as your iPhone. It could be as simple as a GoPro in the car like yeah. you did. It could be as simple as a Zoom call like this with a customer and you just start talking about that story, right? Yeah. And you and you you tie it in. I mean, it doesn't have to be this super high production. And I think that's something that holds people back. Of course, you know, production value definitely can enhance mm-hmm. it for sure. Yeah. But I just don't want people to think that they have to go out and hire an agency to try no. to deploy some of the strategies that you're talking about. Because we're talking about just making that emotional connection through stories and relevance to your audience, to your customers. Com- completely. Completely. I mean, I think so one of my favorite photographers was a chap called Robert Kappa, and he was the only photographer to go ashore on D-Day. I don't quite know why there's this sort of D-Day theme running through a conversation about it. But, there was, but yeah, he was one of the only photographers who went, went ashore on D-Day and he took a load of photos. And then he was killed. At, um, he was blown up trading on a landmine. So that's probably just as well I didn't go down that, that route. But um, he was a fantastic photographer. He said, if your photos aren't good enough, you're not close enough. And what I love about that is there's the physical, like, you know, frankly, most photographs are made better by people standing a little bit closer. I don't know if you ever asked anyone to take a photo of you and your family when you're anywhere. It's always just like, it's like, where are we? But uh, the other thing is the metaphysical is like, actually, you have to get close to the subject to be able to, to really tell that story. And like, yes, there are fabulous film production companies out there. Not all of them are called casual films. But a lot of the time you'll find that they actually get in the way of you being close to the subject. And if you're talking to a customer who you have an existing relationship with and you've really helped them and like they're out there, you might be thinking, Oh no, you know, Oh no, no, you know, I just do what I do. And I just, I don't believe that I would have impacted people in that way. I guarantee if you go and talk to people and you spend long enough talking to them, you will find in amongst your customer group in amongst your sort of your kind of apex customer group, you will find people that you've really impacted. 
and then you just need to tell that story and you know and like and not overcomplicate it love it perfect listen two rapid fire questions then we're going to wrap it up for today sure one is what is your favorite growth tool or software that you use to grow your business so some software SaaS product app something that you use regularly to help you grow your business uh that is a good question i mean i think i'm like blogging has been really really helpful uh podcasting is is great as well i think from a i mean linkedin linkedin marketing yeah is you know it's your that's that's your thing like yeah linkedin's been really really valuable awesome and what would be one book besides yours, right, that you would recommend to the audience, uh, maybe something to help you along in your journey or mm. you think would help them along theirs? So Seth Godin, This Is Marketing, I think is a fantastic book. He, sort of, he talks about just, fi- you know, in a, in a sense, like what, we, what we've been talking about is kind of a variation on that, which is that like find the smallest possible group of people and make your product perfect for them. And then if they love it, other people will love it and they'll love it for the same reasons. But like, don't try and serve too many people. There's, you know, the, the value of the niche online is, is massive. Uh, you know, there, there will be people out there who your story will resonate for. So don't feel the need to, di- to dilute what makes you special to try and be, to try and hit everyone. As a sort of smaller side, I think you can be very, very focused. I, we used to do business networking and it was going around the room and everyone was saying, oh, well, what would you move your business forward over the next week? And everyone was going, oh, you know, hairdressers saying, oh, you know, I, I need to speak to people with hair and people saying, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, so I need to speak to people with law, legal issues. And it sort of, the whole thing felt so general. And I put my hand up, I said, I want to speak to the marketing director of BMW. And someone at the front put their hand up and said, okay, oh, my wife works in the marketing department of BMW. Now, one of the challenges we had when we set up was like, oh, we can make films for anyone. You know, what do you want to film for? Oh yeah, we'll make you a film, no problem. And the problem with that is nobody can place you. So be specific. And that's, yeah, that's what Seth Godin talks about in his book. Definitely niching down for sure. Awesome. Well, listen, let everybody know how they can connect with you, get a copy of your book, The New Fire, and yep. then we'll wrap it up for today. Great. Okay. Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Nick Francis Film. Uh, the podcast is called The Better Video Podcast. I'm going to be serializing my book, The New Fire, in that. And so, yeah, you'll be able to find episodes for that on there. I've also been talking to some of our uh, major clients about how they use video and how it really works for them. So we've had some interesting conversations on there. And then beyond that, casualfilms.com. So yeah, that's how you can And they can get me. the book on Amazon if they want? You can get the book on all good, major, massive, multinational- Book like, suppliers. Yeah, book, book supplier <laughs> websites called Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, hey, I'll make sure I include all those notes or those Thanks. links in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Really appreciate you being here. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. And if I could just finish, I'd just say like, the one thing people could take is like, is, is be bold. Like everyone we've talked to wants to be Apple, but nobody wants to be Steve Jobs. And Apple was Apple because they had the bravery to back their convictions. And so, you know, be bold and, and good luck. Perfect. And That's Den- a, Dennis, a great, thank you so great much. way to end it. Thank you so much, Nick. We'll talk soon. All the best. All right. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.